0: Hey everyone, we're happy to let you know that The Great Courses Plus is now Wondrium, and they are sponsoring this episode for everything we know and love about The Great Courses Plus, plus so much more. Go to wondrium.com slash probably for a 14-day free trial of unlimited access. That's W-O-N-D-R-I-U-M dot com slash probably. I'm also happy to let you know that I'm about to do my first road gigs since lockdown this weekend in Colorado. So if you are anywhere near Fort Collins or Boulder, or if you know anyone who is, please go to the Comedy Fort that's in Fort Collins or Boulder Comedy Club. We'll put links to both of those shows on the show notes so you can spread the word, tell people to go to them. Uh, Fort Collins is a great new club. Can't wait to go there. And Boulder, I've been to before, although they moved venue. Can't wait to go there either. I just can't wait to be in front of people telling jokes indoors without them being inside cars or on the other side of a zoom screen. It's gonna be great. Please tell people that's Fort Collins, Colorado, and Boulder, Colorado. Spread the word.
1: Hello and welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kershen. Hey Andy. How are you Do Are you guys having uh, the crazy heat wave that I've had out here this past it's, it's, week? It's warm. No, no. no, okay. no. I think
0: I, I saw, I saw online. online that it hit something ridiculous out near you. It wasn't it like 117 or something?
1: I think at my house, it was only 110, but the the power went out, and that's why we, we didn't record when we were supposed to record last
0: Oh, the whole... I didn't time. realize... The, I, I knew your internet went out. I didn't know your power went out. Yeah, not good when it's 110. Yeah. So we should introduce Asko, who was meant to... Rec- hey, how's it going, Asko? We, we, we were supposed to record... Uh, we were supposed to record with you a few days ago and Andy lives out in the desert and just lost all kind of connection
2: I know, Jesus Christ yeah. sorry about that don't worry, it's like out of our hands that's what's, um, you know, not cool about it
1: yeah, I think it was one of those planned things because the grid was overtaxed which, you know, argument for getting solar I guess, I've been on the fence about it um, only because the cost is so high still but I do want to, i got to do it eventually I know
0: Um, so we should, we should introduce you properly because you're a hilarious comic. You also have an album out now called Butter Control Me. Awesome stuff. And I've also been watching you online make, you've, you've turned your grandma into an internet star over the last year. Oh my God. I've
2: created a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's, I mean, she has a Twitter now. She like opened the account, said something like, hello everyone. I love you. And then boom, 17,000 followers, you know? (laughs) Jesus Christ. And uh, <laughs> she doesn't know what to do with it. So she just says random things, which I think is beautiful.
0: It's great, though. She's, she's giving advice sometimes. She's just giving like cheerleading to people. She's yeah dancing with you or watching you dance and just be encouraging from the side.
2: I think she's kind of like a Paddington Bear, you know, like this unassuming person. <laughs> uh who wants nothing to do with the industry and i think people love that <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know opposed to like us you know what i'm saying
0: <laughs> so, so is not we're not going to suddenly get bumped by her at clubs
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, and i think I, I think like people are kind of jaded from just like industry stuff so they're just like oh finally someone who like is just on twitter because she just wants to be on twitter not because it'll help her career <laughs>
0: I, it's great.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching you introduce her to Lil Nas X right now on on a, a tweet from a couple months ago. It's, it's delightful.
2: Yeah, yeah. She's a she's a star. We both cause global warming. We we keep the world hot. You know, just every time <laughs> we we twerk on the internet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. So we like to ask our guests this before we get into the stories. What, if anything, is your background in science? And that's ranged from classes you liked or hated as a kid to blowing stuff up in the woods with your friends to whatever.
2: Yeah, you know, this podcast is very triggering, truly, in that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did so bad in all my science classes. Um You know, English is like, not even my second, it's like my, not to show off, but it's like, it's my third language. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Which doesn't help if you're trying to do well in like SATs or trying to get into AP English or turns out like in science classes or especially chemistry, I didn't get a lot of the uh examples my teacher would give. Like if he talked about popcorn and why it pops or something uh in the microwave, I, my family didn't do that, you know, so... Um, you,
0: you didn't do popcorn at all or you didn't do microwave popcorn?
2: I, I, I ate it at like movie theaters, but I didn't know that you could microwave it like that. And then right. it just pops and is ready to eat. Cause, you know, I don't know, just immigrant family or family just didn't really do that. <laughs> and so, you know, so I would like be kind of behind in lessons. You know what I'm saying? And then so when it came yeah. time to like demonstrate whatever or how, you know, some like a lot of, I don't, I still don't really know how the microwave works, but you know what I mean? I was always <laughs> like a few steps behind is um, what I'm saying. So anyway, I was, I was yep. bad in science.
0: Cause you were, hey, let me get this uh, the right way around. You were born, you were born in Taiwan, right? Mm-hmm. And then you grew up in Japan. Right. And then you moved. How old are you when you moved to America? I
2: came here when I was 10. Um, and then we lived in my uncle's garage. So it's not like we had, a bunch of kids like we kind of had a kitchen but not really does that make sense I feel like my pivotal totally years sense. all the stuff teenagers were doing or you know um, like sleepovers and stuff I wasn't doing that so you know for some reason my science teacher always loved giving examples that were cool with the teens but for me I was like you know
0: <laughs> this makes no sense
2: yeah like what's that what do you mean you can't leave raw chicken on the counter like, we didn't have a counter, you know? My, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can I could I, could I
1: dig a little more deeply into this garage thing? I'm trying to picture what the situation was. Were you sharing parts of the main house with your uncle, or how did it, how did it work?
2: Um, the main house is where we would have, like, big family dinners, meaning, like, uncle, aunt, me, my mom, and grandma. But, um, yeah, the garage is where the three of us slept, and he installed a tiny shower and a toilet, so... We, yeah. We just lived there. I did my homework while my grandma like chopped vegetables right by my head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Yeah. What part, what part of America was this? Uh, West L.A. <laughs>
2: West L.A. Yeah. So that was, you know, like maybe it sounds like an Arkansas story, but I was like right right in I mean, L.A. I mean, it, it, lines, it lines
1: up with, you know, L.A. rent uh, prices being out of control, you know. people. We certainly know comics who live that way, but uh, by their own choice, I guess.
2: For sure, for sure, yeah. And it's kind of like whatever's available, you know, and that's that's where what it was, living arrangement-wise. Right. Yeah.
1: Also, and like, also, now I'm curious about the popcorn thing, and I just Googled Japan and corn because I have no idea how prevalent corn is in Japan. Is it a part of the cuisine there in general, or is it very rare to find a corn-based dish?
2: We have corn stuff. But I didn't make it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, it wasn't like okay. yeah, like corn, what, the corn soup. They really like corn soup, this like creamy corn soup. Um, but, uh, that's from a corn, kern- that's from like a cob, I guess. So, you know, I'm just kind of, there's just a lot going on. I don't mean to like be heavy off top. Jesus. But no, (laughs) I'm sorry. No, not only like I was an immigrant, but also like my mom's. My mom has schizophrenia, and so there was just I just my world was small. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: right? I
2: didn't really. uh, We didn't go out that much. We were also undocumented. So we were, like, careful about our status, and, like, we didn't drive. So there was just a lot, like, you know, I didn't know how cars worked, you know, because none of us drove. My mom can't drive because she also has seizures from her schizophrenia. My grandma was too old to drive, and, you know, I couldn't get a driver's license because I was undocumented. So it was just a bunch of stuff that just, like, withheld me from maybe doing teenager stuff that would have taught me science. Does that make sense? right and, yeah that totally
0: yeah. makes sense i mean yeah you can't you can't blow stuff up in the woods for example which is one the thing i always give as an example in the intro, in the intro. <laughs> when, were
2: you blowing stuff did you grow up in the woods matt
0: i grew up near some woods yeah there's always and then i mean like if you're in britain you're never that far well i guess if you're in city center but even still there are woods there's always woods so
2: like i don't know i was a suburb kid okay so like i don't know if this should go on air but like you know how to make like explosives or like a bomb
0: no it's it's never that like it was never that exciting oh okay like, you like i think you know it only goes as far as sort of emptying the caps from a cap gun and oh. wow
1: yeah you know. I, I i've definitely blown some stuff up Did we have we talked about our own uh <laughs> i don't know if we've ever answered this question ourselves matt but i definitely had a summer after like sixth grade it was very 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 pyromaniac uh,
0: but it's not summer. as like it's not bomb bomb level like it's just like
1: no, you know. but my friend Ryan blew off the end of his thumb that summer. Oh my oh yeah. god! Oh, this is the this is the end of my love of uh, of explosives. I wasn't around when that happened. He was somewhere else, but he was one of my fire buddies. We would definitely
0: um, <laughs> you, had a, you had a gang of fire buddies. Jesus. There was like a
1: culver. I mean, we didn't call ourselves that. There was like a, a culver, or a, you know, a, a, like a a, a pipe is big enough to crawl into, like a drainage thing that we would go in and like put um. Modeling glue on the walls of it and light that in fire because it looked really cool. This like vertical flame all on the concrete. Um, and definitely, you know, we would you know fetishize like various levels of M80. I, I forgot what the different numbers mean, it's always like a ratio of how much of a stick of dynamite it was. There were certain numbers that we would we knew they existed, but we didn't know anybody who had them. Like, what if we could get like an M4?
0: I think oh, it was so, an, so down, an M80. Like, went- I didn't realize like the firework M80 is meant to is in theory one eightieth of a stick of dynamite. Is that true? No, no I don't so, know. That's what I was just infer like guessing what I <laughs> inferred from your description. But
1: um, let me see what the actual designation is.
0: That sounds so, like a marketing ploy to me. Like it sounds like something that they can't really.
1: Yeah, it could have been a thing the kids just told ourselves. We, we would just hear stories about these ones that, you know, somebody had a one that was, you know, four times as powerful as whatever the thing that we had. I don't even know where we got these things because I think, I are, probably illegal in most places wow Um, um, wikipedia isn't telling me yeah i mean like a lot of places all you can legally get around the fourth of july are like you know those those little ashy snake things or or like sparklers or even roman candles are illegal a lot of places i feel like yeah but, you know, he was,
2: wait so you have a well, friend with like the tip of his thumb missing still the tip of his thumb Yeah, he lost like the
1: part of it i don't think it ended up affecting his life that much i think he's doing fine as an adult but he lost like the fingernail part of his thumb and he was a piano player and he was like i remember that summer he was like despondent thinking that I meant you couldn't play piano but it turns out he still he still could really well oh my so, god that's
2: an america lost, lost the thumbnail yeah that's such an agt story america's got talent like <laughs> he would do really well in
0: that show. Wait, 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 well, if he's be a piano player. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, oh he, I'm sorry. I thought even my story would be
0: you know, oh. that I'd go
1: blow <laughs> things up on stage.
2: Well, you... <laughs> uh, how, yeah yeah no you need no, you need story, like right. an ailment or something that you overcame though unfortunately andy yeah, to get yeah, on you, that show that's true
0: you need I, your story <laughs> if but if, if your story, story maybe, maybe the weakest ever america's got talent story you just go on and go like <laughs> <laughs> so one summer like, my friend blew a bit of his finger <laughs> off
1: yeah, that, yeah, does that no. count <laughs> that's the biggest tragedy i have personally had in my life
2: i still the, the think i, I still think about it like once every two months <laughs> for for 10 seconds it yeah. still kind of haunts me but mostly i'm just gonna blow things up on the stage right now <laughs>
1: terry cruz is in the wings like this guy's got the goods
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: I, i've been watching i don't watch that show a lot but i see clips whenever something interesting happens that goes a little viral and someone just just on there who's a singer i i know from like 20 years ago when i was in portland who's great and she's already been on reality shows like she won Rock? rockstar in excess i think like one of the rockstar reality shows oh. but like her the reason she's notable is because she's 50 and that makes her like mm-hmm. people are like what you could still sing when you're 50 it's like <laughs> just tv can't handle the fact that someone's age can progress and they
2: would still have a talent right right well it's because she's undateable. Andy, because she's 50. Right. That's so silly. And everyone's
1: like, I like she's undiscovered or something. And then everyone who knows online, everyone's like, wait, we've been watching her forever and all these
0: different things. Right. Wow. Yeah, it's just funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's how entertainment works, though.
0: Uh, hey, you know what one thing M80s are good for? What, what? What is that? Shocks. Sudden shocks. And you know what shocks can suddenly sometimes be good for?
1: curing hiccups.
0: Oh, Andy, did you <laughs> How did you get that? I might have cheated. <laughs> so, this this story is sent in by Liam Kennedy. There is an invention, a new invention supposedly, an, an L-shaped straw that through which you sip water that is supposed to be an instant cure for 92% of hiccups.
2: <gasps> Give it to this me is. now. I'm buying it. How much is it?
0: Uh, it says $14 or £10 for our British listeners. So worth it. So worth it for
2: all the tricks everyone else tries to make you do.
0: Yeah. All right. Go, right, go upside, upside down, down now down. and I'm going to go, go, go I, behind this curtain and dress as a ghost and we'll see what happens.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to derail the story right now. At the end of it, I'm going to tell you about an actual cure that definitely works that I do every time. No. But let's do this
0: first. Yeah. There's definitely ways to, to stop it. Okay. So, but, so hiccups are known as singultus. Singultus In in medicine? That's the proper term for it? S-I-N-G-U-L-T-U-S. Mm. Andy, you're a trivia person. Did you know that? If you'd seen, the, seen it I, the other way around, would you have connected that to hiccups? No,
1: I knew sternutation was a sneeze, but I didn't know singultus was a hiccup, no.
0: Oh yeah. Now I do. It's, the, it's a sudden contraction of the diaphragm and intercostal muscles. The subsequent abrupt intake of air causes the opening between the vocal folds, known as the glottis, to shut, resulting in a hic sound often to the embarrassment of the afflicted and the amusement of others, says this Guardian article. <laughs> well, But while home remedies abound, a team of scientists say they've come up with a new answer, which is called the Forced Inspiratory Suction and Swallow Tool. Brackets. Fist. Okay, guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: come on. This is you just want... a kink fest.
0: <laughs> you want to be fisted? You want the fist in your mouth? Alright, guys, we get it. <laughs> we, we get it. what you've done here. <laughs> You want my cure for hiccups? <laughs> it's the fist. Okay. They've, but it's, named, uh, it's patented as Hickaway. H-I-C-C-A-W-A-Y. It's a $14 rigid L-shaped straw that has a mouthpiece at one end and an adjustable cap with a pressure valve in the form of a small hole at the other. Hiccupping people place the device into a glass of water and use it to sip. Hmm. Oh, the... Re- the tap switches between adult and child size apparently wow so the way okay. it works is there's enhanced suction required to draw water up through the device which requires the diaphragm to contract activating the phrenic nerve while the vagus nerve is activated as well to close the epiglottis while swallowing
1: so wait it requ- the enhanced suction required to draw it up requires this nerve to trigger contraction of the diaphragm
0: while the swallow involves an activation of the vagus nerve and those two that. nerves are responsible for the hiccups in the first place so keeping them busy stops them supposedly from causing the unwanted phenomenon hmm. it works instantly says dr ali sefi who's a co-author of the study and says it the effect stays for several hours i find if i that my hiccups have gone then i'm i'm good like that's gone
1: uh-huh. yeah it doesn't come back after a couple hours yeah
0: Wow, so
2: it's a combination of like swallowing really hard, like breathing really hard in, and swallowing really hard. Is that right?
0: Yeah. yeah. He also says, uh, Doctor Reese Thomas, who's a consultant neurologist and epilepsy neuroscientist at Newcastle University, who is not involved in the study, says the device was likely to work and was COVID-safe as it did not require input from others. Is that a, was that a worry <laughs> on Doctor Thomas's <laughs> what? part? How, how many hiccup cures are not COVID-safe? I guess maybe if you're shocking someone into their face. Or <laughs>
2: yeah because it always requires another person there i guess this you can just i guess yeah just you suffer can't be
0: shocked on zoom
2: <laughs> oh that's true no because it says like host will be with you in a moment or whatever so you already know that they're gonna show up yeah
1: it's like the, wor- the worst haunted house like werewolf in five
2: three. exactly but they're muted you're like oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well you're on Werewolf, werewolf. werewolf I, mean, I can I'm, tell you're trying to roar right
2: now. <laughs> oh my god. Okay.
1: So, even if this thing works, you have to keep it somewhere yeah. within. So, oh.
0: Dr. Thomas says, I think this is a solution to a problem that nobody has been asking for. Ouch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Noting that they're rather effective and low cost options, including his own favorite approach of plugging both ears tightly while drinking a glass of water through a normal straw. Oh. I know, I never heard that one before. He says, anything that allows you to inflate the chest and swallow will work. The key down the back, I've not heard that one either, the boo and the fingers in the ears will do that to a certain degree, and then this device. If it allows you to have a long, slow swallow, it'll be a pretty potent way of doing that, says Thomas. Thomas. Adding another approach was to drink from a glass backwards. I never managed to make that work. When I was a kid, that was always the thing that my... That was my parents' Mm go-to, and it never worked. What does that mean, a drink from a glass backwards? You you drink... You tip your head forward, and you drink from the other side... From the side of the cup that's away from you. What? So, like, imagine you're holding a drinking glass up to your your mouth, and then instead, you lean forward, you sort of put your head over the glass, and you try and drink from the far side of the glass.
1: So your so, head's, like, halfway upside down.
0: Exactly, <laughs> your head's halfway upside down, and the half the drink is running down your face because you can't do it very easily. That's wild. But so never... that was the... Yeah. Sorry, go. No, no, no. I'm just wondering how
2: people are not going to use this for other things. You know what I'm saying? Just... <laughs> this is too... I... You can't trust people to use this just for hiccups. I'm sorry. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm just like, I can already... And it's just, it's called The Fist. It's just from the name. Yeah, yeah. Right? and you also
0: just, you, hmm. I rarely, I I I rarely get, I don't get hiccups very often anyway, but I'm rarely at home when they happen.
1: That's the, exactly. <laughs> so you'd have to have this around your neck on a lanyard. <laughs> yeah, have
0: have <laughs> just it. on the off chance that today is one of the, like the one day in two months that a hiccup happens.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good, how often, I bet I have it less often than that even. Yeah.
2: Are you ever, are you two ever like that person at a party who's like ready with some interesting kit, you know, that is like a conversation starter? You're like, I have a solution for that. Are you that type of people? For hiccups or for just anything? Just anything. I mean, including maybe this, you know, if you have it around your neck and a lanyard. I definitely always mean to be a person who
1: has a, a beer koozie in my back pocket, and I always forget to ever do that. Oh. But I, I like I like that when someone just pulls one of those out out of nowhere. I'm like, where'd that come from? Yeah, or I'm so, like, oh, they're, they're a beer koozie
0: person,
2: right? Or if someone's like, have you ever had someone be able to open like a beer bottle with like their hand or?
0: Oh, I've been I I've been shown the cigarette lighter method a thousand times, and I've never managed to do it. Right? I can I can do the edge of a brick wall. I can do that one. Yeah. Or a metal, or like a metal gate or something. I can do that.
1: The lighter is pretty cool, pretty easy. It's just, I mean, obviously, it's it's a leverage. I know what you're about to say. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry,
0: sorry. (laughs) It's the same conversation every time. It's just leverage. It's just, I know know the physics of it. I know the theory. Whenever I do it, it just makes my thumb hurt.
1: Right. Well, if, yeah, I actually, wait, I, I don't even use the thumb. I use the, um, the... What do you call the second knuckle on your index finger? I don't know if knuckles are numbered. Uh, but...
0: Either way, whatever you use as the yeah. pivot or the fulcrum or whatever it is, yeah, it's well,
1: The so closer so that... that fulcrum is to the bottom. I know you know how leverage works. I'm sorry. No,
0: yes. I've uh, u- I've no. used the wall
2: before, and I just broke the entire like the glass shattered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've
1: done that. I've done that too. I've done that too. Yeah, that's um,
0: that's always the right. Yeah, I do. The, I can do the one where You put the lip of the the lid over like. The edge of a wall, or over, or preferably even over a bit of metal, and then you just bang down on the top of it.
2: Mm, yeah, but I, it seems so many people know how to do that trick. I mean, imagine being the person with the hick away
0: yeah around your neck <laughs> yeah.
2: at a party. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god
0: you're like here take this weird tube that i always have on me for some reason
2: yeah
0: (laughs) have you put this in your mouth
1: have you washed it not
0: once
2: (laughs) but it's covid safe because i don't need to be nearby when you use it
1: i mean but okay if you don't have this around your neck you could also and i guess this is sort of the same theory just take the biggest breath you can possibly take hold it in as long as possible and then when it feels like you need to breathe, breathe in even more. Don't let any out. Like, and that always works. It's just hard to commit to doing it. But, but I feel like it just—if you—if you have your lungs totally full, your diaphragm doesn't even have the ability to contract. And I guess maybe, uh, after reading this, maybe you should also just be like doing some swallow motions while you're doing that. But hold your breath with the biggest lung full of air possible for as long as you can, and that always gets rid of, rid of it.
2: Yeah just requires some commitment, though. Well, I already put in an order for the Hickaway, so... <laughs> okay, <that's too laughs> <right>. yeah. <I'll, laughs> I, yeah, those days are behind me. Everything you just said, Andy, <laughs> I'm, I, I didn't hear a word of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're <laughs> just going to that... challenge people to do things that make you hiccup? <laughs> yeah. How dare you?
2: Yeah. I... No, this
1: is good. It seems like a good thing for like a sleepover. But then again, like you can't guarantee uh, hiccups are going to happen at a sleepover. But if they did, this would be.
2: It, happens, it, it like... happens a lot during drinking. Well, people around me and me too. I don't know. I thought it was like a drunk thing for the longest time.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of is. I think it increases your chances of getting it, being drunk. It can't just be a, a stereotype that came from nowhere. Is
2: it because is it? Is it we're just not like breathing well, because we're just like, like you know, we we've lost control of our muscles. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, Let's see if we could
1: figure out why uh drinking leads to hiccups.
2: You know how you know hick? What's his name? There's a snow. There's a dwarf in the Snow White um t- trilogy. <laughs> no, in the in the Snow White <laughs> movie, Sept- Septavrit. Yeah, <laughs> is it one of the dwarfs? Like his his he just hiccups a lot.
0: There I is he sneezed.
1: Of... Isn't he a sneezy? Or is there
0: is there oh, a drunk? No, one? I'm sure there's a hiccup. a hiccup one as well.
2: I feel like one of them kept
0: hiccuping. To, I, if I just hit Google "dwarf hiccup," I'm probably not going to get what I after.
2: <laughs> no, you know what? Maybe it was just one of them ended up hiccuping because. Oh, you know what? It was dopey. Maybe dopey. Wh- whichever one was like mute. Um, I think hiccuped a lot during. But uh, anyway. Mm. Why did I bring Dopey that up?
0: Did, Dopey did get the hiccups.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. And and for some reason, I thought it was because he was like drinking alcohol. Maybe. Anyway, I'm bringing... This is like a movie from like 20 years ago. Snow White? Yeah, yeah. I haven't revisited it. <laughs> oh.
1: Um, you know, I'm looking at this Huffington Post article about hiccups and alcohol, and I'm not sure I'd love these explanations, but... oh. Um, They said it it could be that if you're drinking something carbonated, that carbonation expands your stomach, which could irritate your diaphragm. Um, That doesn't really jibe with like, I don't think it's just carbonated alcohol that makes people hiccuping. But it says also it could be the acid reflux explanation. Alcohol reduces the tone of the lower esophageal esophageal sphincter, the ring of muscles that leads from the esophagus into the stomach. Uh, When it has less tone, the sphincter can release stomach contents back up into the esophagus. And if that's irritated, it could in turn irritate the diaphragm, which could cause hiccups
0: dopey um swallows soap oh okay. that's what happens
2: okay it's a- some it's soap just... the what? soap
0: some soap bounces around during a scuffle <laughs> during a scuffle while trying to wash when trying to wash grumpy, who had refused to wash just, It's it. not because he's dumb does his dopiness cause him to swallow it so yeah so grumpy was had refused to wash. Okay. And the other dwarves manage to drag him into the water to wash, but the soap keeps slipping out of his hand and eventually ricochets off of Doc's rear end and into Dopey's mouth, at which point he blows hiccup bubbles.
1: Got it. I like the idea that somebody just has a plot, a detailed plot synopsis of Snow White somewhere.
0: <laughs> this, is, this is the uh, Disney fandom wiki, and this is the page specifically for Dopey.
2: got it Dopey
0: has his own wiki page on the disneyfandom.com disney.fandom.com
2: it's not because he was drunk got it one of the most searched things is what is wrong with Dopey oh (laughs) Oh, no
1: It sounds like a classic like a documentary (laughs) just
0: just cuts to these horrible black and white images and people talking about the story behind the story
2: yes yeah Got it. Okay, it's because of soap. Well, I can't relate to that, but yeah.
0: Hey, so like you might have heard at the top, we are now sponsored by Wondrium. The Great Courses Plus is now Wondrium. It's got everything that you had in the Great Courses Plus, plus a load more, like Wondrium originals and collections from Kino Lorba, Magellan TV, Craftsy. They've got exclusive documentaries, like this new award-winning film, Breaking Their Silence, which is all about the poaching, uh, the fight against poaching. Andy, I know you are a keen poacher, and, the, uh, this... <laughs> This might change your mind on the issue. I know you.
1: I was ready. I was ready to have my mind uh, changed on this. Yeah, I know.
0: I like. I know right now your microphone is held up by an elephant's tusk, (laughs) and uh, I mean, you you know, you'll you'll think anything will increase your libido. I mean, the things the things you have slaughtered in the eternal uh, quest for libido.
1: It's worked every time. In my my defense. (laughs) Uh, but I was also I was just uh, skimming through some of the Wondrium originals, and I found one about outdoor fundamentals that it's all about uh, camping and kayaking and all kinds of things like that. I'm gonna go camping next week, so maybe I'm gonna like, give this a watch and see if this gives me any hot tips on staying
0: away from bears. Uh, in the meantime, I've been I've been watching the uh, Disasters in Space series, which you know, I think I'm planning for a slightly more serious piece of travel.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a bigger deal. You didn't tell me about that, but... um...
0: I I mean, nothing's confirmed or even vaguely set up yet. But, you know, in case I do ever go into space or launch my own satellite, I want to know the pitfalls to avoid. Definitely. Well, Wondrium is the place to
1: do that and to learn about all kinds of things and you can go to wondrium.com probably right now for a 14 day free trial give it a shot there's so much new content up there from so many great sources you're gonna love it
0: yep so for once again for unlimited access for 14 days you can go to w-o-n-d-r-i-u-m dot probably so do you want to talk about a new plant organ yes I, I didn't think there were enough plant organs around, but Justin Broad has sent in a story from Smithsonian Mag that science, is, science have discovered a new one. Oh. For all those people who had learnt all the organs of the plant, uh, you're gonna have to get a new mnemonic, <coughs> because now there is the cantil, which holds ah. up the flower-bearing arm of the cress, which is a long study of species. The thale cress may be a humble weed, but to science it's an important model organism. The researchers use the plants as proxy as a proxy in experiments to pre- represent other plants, animals, and even humans, thanks to its relatively short life cycle and simple genome. Scientists have even sent the thale cress to the International Space Station and the Moon. Lucky thale cress. I know. God, <laughs> has to be a thale cress right <laughs> now. T- Tim Goodkin, who's a, male, uh, who's a molecular biologist, says it's the fruit fly of the plant world. Guess that's that fruit flies are also highly studied Used, Very, right yeah I, my my friend anna works almost exclusively with fruit flies i think wow. she's a biologist and a geneticist and yeah they just was it a fruit was it a book about fruit flies that was that one that had that weird amazon or ebay resale bug where it suddenly became were listed for half a million dollars
1: I don't remember. I don't it, it was some kind of
0: science or textbook, yeah. I, I think it might have been a book about the fruit fly. It was it, There was a bug. It took, Some people what? worked out what was going on. There was a bug in some of those online sellers who just uh, are running algorithms to price stuff automatically. <laughs> and what they worked out was that there were two different rival sellers, and one of them didn't actually have the book, but their business model was based entirely on having a really good profile that makes them look really professional and then when someone orders the book through them they then order it from someone else and send it straight to that person and so they price their stuff like a few percent higher than their competitors but they have really good ratings so people will look at them and go like oh i could buy it from this person but this person ah, it's only like an extra 50 cents and they have a better rating, so let's just do it. F- and they they've set up their profile better, so they they're probably more professional. So let's do that. And what you don't actually realize is, actually, the cheaper one is the only one who had the book.
2: Um, wow. Well, how much more? There is a fruit flies book for seventy one dollars.
0: So let me find. I'll see if I can find the story because it got ridiculous. And someone who worked out what had going on looked at the pricing history, um, worked worked okay. it out because. These two rival people, one of them always like prices it like fifteen percent higher mm-hmm. than the cheapest price, and yep. the other one, as long as it 's above the price that they 're willing to sell it for, always prices their thing at like five percent below the cheapest price so, it, so it, kept, it kept going up in increments of like up fifteen and then down to point nine five and then up one point one five and then down to point nine five and it kept growing like that over weeks my
1: God. it was a uh, it was a book. Um, on evolutionary biology. Oh, the, the making of a fly. Yeah, it uh, was priced $24 million. Oh,
2: that one. <laughs> that one. Oh, Jesus. Okay.
1: Wow. It was out of print, but commonly used as a reference text by fly experts.
2: Okay, so I'm still trying to figure out many of the words you said earlier, Matt. Um, yeah, go <laughs> go for it. Starting with... Um, well, yeah. Well, I guess we're figuring out what a cantil is, but the flower bearing—okay, um, theaocress—I didn't know
0: what that was. Um uh, And I'm trying I've to. Got, I, what? <laughs> no go. And what, what was the other thing you were trying to? Well,
2: work out? I know what a fruit fly is, but why is that part the fruit fly
0: of the plant world?
2: So I thought fruit flies were of plants, kind of. I mean, do I guess fruits don't.
0: No, they're they're so fruit flies are just these little basic insects, and they are. But I think for various reasons, I should look up exactly why, so I don't misspeak here. But I think because they are both fairly simple organisms and also have very very quick lifespans and very quick reproductive spans, Mm -hmm. so they get used for a lot of genetic experiments because you can grow them really quickly and you can test things really quickly, and they're fairly and they're easy to handle. Right. So a lot of geneticists will, who are working on animal genetics will use fruit flies because they're just easy for this and I guess the equivalent if you're a plant geneticist is this kind of <gasps> this type of cress got it because and- it's also really simple and I imagine it grows really quickly and reproduces quickly
1: right yeah you're right about all that a quick google also says that uh, 75% of the genes that cause disease in humans are also found in the fruit fly and wow. I don't know if this site is legit but uh, that was what five seconds of googling Showed me. And, uh, you know, it's either easy to feed, they don't need a microscope to see them. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. That's... Relatively straightforward to mutate fruit fly genes to disrupt or alter them. Wow. So, anyways, this plant you're saying is the fruit fly of the plant world. Right. This thale cress.
0: Yes. And so, this fruit fly of the plant world that has been to the moon, literally to the moon. Uh, but they, they've scrutinized it since the 16th century. It still manages to surprise because Gukin, Tim Gukin and his team have found that the Thale crest produces a previously unreported plant organ, as described today in the journal Development. It's, this wouldn't be today. This would be a few days ago. But this wonky looking plant, all right, is similar to the cantilever <laughs> beams that buttress the underside of bridges and is called the cantil the newly discovered pl- part juts out from the stem and connects to the flower bearing arm of the plant which is known as the pedicel failcrest cantils give plants the appearance of bent elbows Cantiless plants seem to only have straight arms they're, and the cantile is neither part of the stem nor the pedicel they're an entirely new organ so how do they miss it how i don't know carelessness who can <laughs> reckons the reason it was missed was the cantils only form when the thale crest delays its flowering, which is usually during the spring when the daylight is limited. In this season, the thale crest transitions more slowly from the leaf production phase to the reproductive flowering phase, as compared to the during the sunshine-filled summer. At this decelerated pace, the cantil slowly manifests at the cusp of flowering, right after the flower tip pedestal makes its debut. If the plant only experiences seasons with long hours of sunshine, the cantil will never make an appearance. Researchers often grow the crest under long daylight conditions so as to accelerate the sea production stage so you don't get your cantles.
1: Mmm. I miss my cantles. I know. I
2: want, I want some cantles. Yeah. Uh, I, now that we oh, know, we gotta see yeah. that.
0: And also, apparently, that they generally, they also often in labs use a mutant version of Thalecrest that doesn't produce this buttressing structure.
2: Well, there's
1: a problem right there.
0: So, yeah, Gukin says you'll never, if you base all your research on this type of plant, you'll never. never see the cantal. Because it's automatically cancelled for you.
2: Atsuko, are you munching on cantals over there? Oh my gosh, I am just, you know, trying to s- keep up. And <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it kind of feels, bra- feels like my brain's munching on cantal. Okay.
1: Oh, I thought I heard an actual, I thought I heard an actual biting or chewing sound. Was that just a a mic being scratched or something?
2: Oh, I guess so. Oh my God. maybe, maybe my microphone is actually from my headphones. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yes, (laughs) and that is exactly what I'm doing, Andy. (laughs) You don't have to. I found a plant with a cantile organ right here and put it in my mouth. And <laughs> and then you said that they actually get canceled very easily, that they're very rare. Um, so I spit it back out.
1: Yeah. You got to save those cantles. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, what are the benefits to our, our daily life with this cantle discovery, Matt? Not to put the pressure on you.
0: Well, you know, if you're looking for a cantle now, you know where to find one. Well, right, yeah, that's true.
1: If you were bemoaning the cantle
0: of your life.
2: Yeah. We could... You know where to find it we're not, which is I guess the lab
0: yeah, <laughs> there is a an Australian animal story, and I know we do like these Australian out al- by the way, we did get an email from one of our Australian listeners the other day because we mentioned various Australian animal stuff uh last week, and our my general assertion my gen- my general feeling that they have weirder animals in Australia on average uh, which I, yeah i i no, still stand is. by i still i still maybe
1: it may be just you know you, you, northern hemisphere centrism or something maybe it is um, well melanie packer seem, one of our listeners
0: says i don't as an aussie i don't think australian animals are any weirder than other countries have you ever seen aussies obsessed over how cute squirrels are in london or, or new york and whenever people about uh, from the states talk about how aussie animals are so dangerous we think but you have bears yeah have but yes yeah, yeah you know when a bear's coming And there aren't many bears, whereas Australia is like every house has snakes, like all of them constantly and spiders. They're always there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, You know what? You you go camping, you might see a bear. Okay, if you're in a house, if you're in a mall, probably won't see a bear. Um, So, yes, there is a safeness to it. And did you just say squirrels are cute? Yes. That's Uh, how you know the Australian animals are scary. You know, you look at a squirrel and think, have you seen a squirrel be mad? They are not cute. They're scary. Oh, but
0: they're still like, yeah. "Oh, look at you, you little thing trying to get all mad." Sure, sure. Yeah.
2: I'm saying context, I'm saying if you get like... to te- call other countries' animals cute, it's cuz all your animals are scared. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, we do have a listener called John who has who s- says he's encountered more than one hippo attack during his time living in Africa, oh. which we talked about hippos last week. Oh, wow. But I'm going to I'm gonna put this story in here because Tasmania there's a Tasmanian devil story. And and another story of attempted eco-engineering backfiring. A project to preserve endangered Tasmanian devils on a small island has backfired after they killed seabirds in large numbers. They basically wiped out a population of penguins. <gasps> like, why would you not again, how would you not see that coming? <laughs> They're called
1: devils. Remember when we saw them in the zoo in Sydney? Yeah. They're so creepy. How do they're they act? Creepy.
2: How do they act? Are they, are they actually fat and spin? <laughs> they
1: look yeah. like smaller versions of rodents of unusual size from The Princess Bride,
2: oh, kind of, uh-huh.
1: which I think those in the movie are just people in suits. Uh, they look very unnatural and creepy, and their ears are almost translucently red, which might be why they're called
2: devils. I mean, I got to say, Looney Tunes really misrepresented them. The way you, yeah. you know, described and the picture that I'm looking at. They spin around
0: <laughs>
1: and eat things and they, and they slam dunk. They wear tank tops and slam dunk basketballs.
2: Um, That's <laughs> that's from Space Jam. I believe so, <laughs> yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Wow, well, poor Penguin. So... A small number of the devils were shipped to Maria Island, east of Tasmania, in 2012. The move aimed to protect the mammals from a deadly facial cancer that had driven them towards extinction. They have... I know. They've since recovered, but the island project has come at a cost. It's had a catastrophic impact on one or more bird species, according to BirdLife Tasmania, a local conservation organization. Citing a government study... BirdLife Tasmania said a population of little penguins that numbered th- number 3,000 breeding pairs in 2012 had disappeared from the island. Losing 3,000 pairs of penguins from an island that is a national park that should be a refuge for this species is basically a major blow, says Dr. Yeah. Eric Waller, a researcher from the group. Yeah. And said, Dr. Waller said the outcome was no surprise given what research shows about the introduction of mammals, mammals to ocean islands. Yeah, what, how, Oceanic Islands even, why, how do they not know this yet?
1: Seems more knowable than the Cantal. Yeah, like,
0: <laughs> like, is it me, or like, every time they introduce a new animal to a place, then something fucks up horribly? Especially, especially when in it's Australia.
1: Got, especially when it's got devil in its name,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's yeah.
1: Sort of obvious. Yeah.
0: How can they not know that this... This incredibly predatory and vicious animal won't do anything.
2: (laughs) Probably because maybe they thought the Tasmanian devils would be thankful since they got saved from this facial cancer, (laughs) you know? So it's like, well, they're going to behave because, you know, we, you know, they're in someone else's home, you know? And they're going to be grateful to not have facial cancer,
1: so they're not going to go eating penguins. They're just going to be like, thank you, thank you. But
2: turns out, sometimes Tasmanian devils do Tasmanian devil things, like (laughs) eat a penguin. Tasmanian devil gun a devil, yeah.
0: So in a 2012 report by the Tasmanian Department of Primary Industries, Parks, Water, and the Environment, this report suggested that the introduction of the devils would have a negative effect Negative impact on Little Penguin and Shearwater colonies on Myriah Island. A negative imp... And and it did. It did. It had a... uh, (laughs) Hang on, so wait wait a second. This 2011 report said it would have a negative impact. And that's by the Tasmanian Department of... Like, their government department. And they still did it the next year. Yeah. I... uh...
1: (laughs) It just seemed like too
0: good of a plan.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I think someone doesn't like them.
0: It does suggest that someone sort of read the report and just went, yeah, but counterpoint, fuck it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck fuck penguins. They're like, we spent so much money on trying to make sure they don't get facial cancer anymore. I think (laughs) it's, I mean, probably cheaper to just ship them, keep shipping them.
1: Well I guess how, what is the trade off how how endangered are these penguins compared to how endangered the the devils were
0: And you mean shipping them like as in moving them to different places not shipping them in the kind of uh fan fiction sense of like writing <laughs> stories where they're hooking up with other oh. animals from the-
2: Yeah, I meant the the adult human adult version, the smarter version that you said, <laughs> the first one. The first one.
0: <laughs> yeah. So The Tasmanian devil, according to this little fact list on this article, is the world's largest surviving carnivorous marsupial. Mm. They can live for more than five years in the wild as long as they avoid catching cancer. Jesus, they're so prone to cancer. (laughs) always getting cancer. I didn't know this. They weigh up to 12 kilograms for the males, 8 kilograms for the females, and their strongest sense... Do you want to take a guess at what their strongest sense is? not their face <laughs> it's their hearing
1: and you know what their biggest weakness is compassion to try working too hard <laughs> yeah.
2: compassion their weakness me
0: they, they have at least 11 distinct vocal calls and they were given their name in 1803 when sailors reported hearing these unearthly calls
1: oh it's not from the red ears okay they look devilly though the ears to me
2: yeah i think they're very cute though still they just look like little raccoons uh, if you
1: saw them in person i'm not sure you would think they,
0: they're they look cute. they look cute in this side on picture but uh, when they look face on and then they open their mouth they are not that cute at all got it yeah. okay okay i see
2: yeah i mean i'm gonna trust the people who saw them first. you know uh, firsthand in person um, how were their faces though? Did, 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 they seem like they were in risk of getting cancer? Their faces. I do remember their faces looking pretty
1: jacked. If I, i hate to, um, you know, judge the Tasmanian devils too harshly, but, um, I'm just bringing them up real quick on my phone to see if I've deleted those pictures from the zoo yet.
2: That's so wild um, that that's like one of their, you know, one of the things that's going to kill them.
1: Yeah. yeah. Cancer of the face. Let's see, I guess even if I find this, I wouldn't be able to share it with you quickly, but I can I can look at it and, and describe what I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. Ugly little fuckers. I, I mean, they also look like they are, they're all always like fighting each other because they look like they have battle wounds. Maybe that's just what they look like, though. Wow.
2: I see. Okay. I'm looking at photos, too. Mm
1: hmm. And they just move like the Rouses from Princess Bride. <laughs> if you remember that, that those scenes, I'm looking. Uh, I can find a couple of angles where they look good, and then a couple that I, let's just say would not use these on, on their dating profile if I was a Tasmanian devil.
0: Would you use a picture of it on your dating profile, of like well, you standing let's... in front of it and looking kind of conventiony? Sure.
1: You know, in in some of these pictures, they look kind of badgery. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I could see some I badger. badgers can
0: be pretty vicious as well.
2: Yeah, but kind of kind of cute. Yeah, I agree. Maybe it's about you know, is it a closed mouth badger? Right. <laughs> Would you put a penguin, a pic of a penguin, up for your dating profile pic?
0: Oh, you got to do that. Yeah, it yeah. was like, like a penguin. penguin?
2: Yeah. yeah, love penguins. They. Thank- they were dealt with some short hands too, you know, I guess. I mean, well, their wings don't work, you know, and they have their their feet, you know they don't have a leg. their
0: legs are short.:
1: yeah, it's it's a tough life for any of these guys,
0: mm-hmm. but, they, but then when you see them swimming, like it they make sense.
2: Yeah, but i I found out they can't breathe underwater for water for too long, penguins, so they have to like be careful there too. With swimming. Yeah,
0: and then they got to waddle around on on dry land. Right, right. I Me mean, you know, while you know a
2: Tasmanian devil's like, did they eat them? Did I miss the part where how? I guess they were eating these penguins. Is that how they were going missing?
0: Yeah, it doesn't say exactly what they where they were eating them or just killing them, but I presume it says in the fact list that they're carnivorous. So right. You'd like, it, it, you'd hope that they are at least eating the animals that they are killing. Yeah,
1: it doesn't mention them killing for sport, but it doesn't make it possible.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Possible. I don't know if they're slam dunking in Space Jam. I think they like. <laughs> I think they like sports. Okay, Andy. Yeah. And Matt. I think they just want to win. over Yeah, that's
0: a fair point. Penguins. Yeah. Penguins. You don't just. You don't just slam dunk on your first day of basketball. No, no. Like, like there is some dedication that's gone into that. There's some craft. I
2: wouldn't be surprised if they were just killing for fun. Yeah. Oh, you've made me you've made me an anti-Tasmanian devil girl. Okay.
0: I don't know. I th- I felt like you were in a way you were sort of sticking up for them uh, uh, for I mean, a second, yeah.
2: for a second.
0: I mean, yes, killing for fun, but at the same time, you know, there's an admiration there, there's a respect, <laughs> a dedication to their <laughs>
2: To the, mur- the <laughs> to the murderous like instinct. By yeah.
1: the way, I-, I was curious whether this really is an uneven matching between the Devils and Penguins. So I just uh, googled what the uh, New Jersey Devils and the Pittsburgh Penguins what wh- who has won the most games mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. It looks like four of the last six meetings, Devils have triumphed over Penguins. So it seems like an unfair
0: yeah matchup. And why did they introduce them into Pittsburgh? That was just cruel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what happened? I started describing penguins and my heart started like warming up and I was like, Oh my God, I really love penguins. So it's kind of like I had to choose a side, you know, and that's, that's what happened. I just picture those penguins waddling and, um, just making that big trek to, you know, feed their baby and, you know, mate. And yeah. Yeah.
1: And I just picture Benedict Cumberbatch doing his absolute best to figure out new and different ways of pronouncing the word penguin.
2: <laughs> yeah. Did you see
1: those those nature documentaries he's narrated?
2: Um, not not his.
1: He can't he can't decide how to pronounce the word penguin. He says peng-ling. <laughs> penguin, penguin. You've seen this, Matt, yes, I have. Right? Yeah, yeah. Did you say penguin? Peng Ling, he says. Peng Wangs, Peng Ling's. <laughs> um, penguin. In case anybody hasn't seen this, I think it's just the Graham Norton video that uh, where Graham uh, <laughs> forces him to watch, forces him to watch his own attempts at saying the word penguin. <laughs> For all times' sake, we'll put that in the show notes here. If you want to look at the link, I just sent you.
0: Uh, Justin Broad, by the way, also sent in this story that came through seconds ago. I know this has been a very biology and wildlife-heavy episode, but. I like this as a failed experiment. I just put it in the show notes This is an attempt to work out why jumping spiders have back back stripes using makeup and it failed
1: which part which part failed
0: the the so they came up with this ingenious way to test the theory that male jumping spiders have evolved colorful stripes to ward off predators. They put makeup on them um, to see if they would jump suddenly uh I think it was to see whether so. So unlike the females of the species, it says here, the males uh, come in vivid hues to attract mates. But these scientists wanted to establish whether their bright striped racks help protect them from predators. In the field, when a male sees a female, he kind of ignores his surroundings. They're just so focused on the female, they're not really paying attention to what's going on behind them. So it makes us think that maybe they need some extra protection from things eating them. So this is already, like, the spiders are so... They're just so fixated on just getting some that they avoid any kind of observation of predators. So these researchers, study author Dr. Lisa Taylor from the University of Florida you and her colleagues, used makeup to paint the backs of both male and female spiders in an effort to make each sex look like the opposite, to assess whether that would change the behavior of a key predator, the substantially larger jumping spider. So, this is a Phidippus californicus, which <clears throat> is the main predator of Habronatus Pyrithrix. Oh, Pyrithrix. There we go. Wow. So with the assistance of a microscope, they the males had their black stripes dimmed using foundation powder, <laughs> while Urban Decay's black liquid eyeliner was used <laughs> to draw bold black stripes on the back of the female. This feels like Urban Decay commissioned S- this S- research. Yeah. S- yeah. yeah, Like those fake surveys that come out every year, and mostly in the British press. Like today is the worst, is the best day of the year to buy an ice cream as commissioned by (laughs) Wool's Ice Cream Company. Right, right, right. In this study, sponsored by Cornetto, the scientists say the formula for the perfect ice cream is so. Here we go. Taylor said, I've never really thought as much about makeup until I started studying spiders. But when you apply the makeup and you can see how cleanly and finely it goes on, it's not quite as intricate as like painting a grain of rice, but it sometimes feels that way. (laughs) Although the researchers expected the male's bright back pattern combined with the behavior that appears to mimic insects like wasps and bees would help them avoid predators, they instead found that having a striped shell increased the likelihood that they would be attacked. Oh, they
2: just set them up for failure. Yeah, Jesus.
0: You well, who's to, them.
2: who's to say they don't smell weird because they smell like the mall. They're just like, <laughs> oh, Urban Decay makeup. You just like got it from Macy's. Like suddenly, of course, all these bugs are like, what the fuck is that? What is foundation? You know, it's just like, it's just like trail of powder behind them. Of course, they're more <laughs> 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 visible. It's perfect
0: track like Hansel and Gretel. That you can yeah, just it's
2: like, what was that? MAC lipstick. It's like, yeah, fucking... Spiders don't wear those things. Other spiders can fucking tell something's up with them. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> Jesus. Well, okay. I know how this ends. So <laughs> so they also found that males, regardless of whether they had their natural color or had makeup applied to them, would were just more likely to be captured, says Taylor. So it seems that, at least with this particular predator, the color patterns didn't really matter. Hmm. Overall, the question about why these male jumping spiders have colorful backs still hasn't been answered," says the researchers. "But the most likely, next most likely explanation is that the stripes do not help the males against the predator using the study, but maybe against a different type of predator," says Taylor. Sure, Taylor, sure. (laughs) That's the next stage of the experiments is just to keep submitting these spiders to more and more horrendous predators. Uh,
2: Yeah, and also did not know urban decay, um, you know, was yeah doing. Like, insect research, um, what was, (laughs) I like that the foundation, nobody wanted to claim that.
1: So again, the theory was the males get so preoccupied with females they do a bad job of defending themselves. Yes. So they wanted to see if their so, coloring was what defended them. So
0: yeah, that was that was the theory as to why the males have the coloring but the females don't. And the idea is that the to make females make up for aren't... the
1: dumbness of the males who are preoccupied with the females.
0: Exactly, mm. exactly. So that so like they need to rescue themselves in some way. So they use the foundation to mute out their coloring, and then they did the opposite with the females where they painted them with the coloring. And it's it was a big failed experiment. Mm. But, the, you know, failed experiments are still useful That's, You need science. to fail. That's how
1: science works,
0: yes. I so mean, they got something out of it.
2: Also, who's to say these spiders weren't acting weird because they had just been taken into a lab and got a makeover? Like, of, they're, <laughs> of course they're acting weird, and, like, predators are like, why is that spider, like, walking sideways? Cause he's probably shy because he's like, I got a bunch <laughs> of weird shit on my body. I have no <laughs> idea what this is. You know? <laughs> They're probably acting weird. Like, you would too if you suddenly came out looking like a drag queen. And you're yeah, like, yeah. Um, you know, like you were touched yeah, they have by basically... human
0: hands. <laughs> they forcibly misgendered the spiders.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's like... Forcibly made them juggalos, basically. It's not just...
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not just about the gender. <laughs> Jesus. But I, st- I still don't get... Okay, so whether or not they put makeup on, the males were just more likely to be captured, it says yes so doesn't that mean before the experiment started the males were getting captured more often anyway so why were they thinking they had any kind of good adaptation if they that's were
0: that's a good point already... so they just still just suck at not getting captured R- right yeah right. just
2: but we just I mean, made yeah. it worse right they got captured more with the makeup on
0: yeah it turns out yeah it's not about the makeup it's all we, it's all
1: we learned with certainty
0: or with somewhat certainty uh, we should wrap up the main episode, but Asko, do you have a, a minute or two to hang around for one extra story for the patron patrons afterwards? Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, thank you. In the meantime, where can our listeners find you and everything you're doing? Yes, I'm at Asko Comedy
2: on all my socials, so you can just find me there and all the things I'm up.
0: And then also, we should mention Let's Go Asko as well, which is worth checking out.
2: Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Um. Thanks so much for doing yeah. it. You can find us as always at probablyscience.com Individually at Andy T Witt, at Matt Kershen. Um. I just said at probablyscience.com. I'm just finally turning into my parents. <laughs> Wait. You, you can find us at probablyscience. Well, I, I. I. What I did was I went. At the Twitter. probably science, but then at you oh, this right. is turning into the worst sure. version of who's on first ever. Oh, yes, I <laughs> you know where we can find us. You can also yes. email us probably science at gmail.com for any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you would like us to cover and encounters with any animals or stories about our animals being no weirder than your animals, if you so if you feel so maligned.
1: We'll get a little more into that in the bonus episode, by the way. I've got some more thoughts. you got some
0: more thoughts on that? (laughs) Well, in the meantime, listeners, for the main episode, thanks so much for listening. And Asko, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks so much. Bye, guys. Bye. Uh, Don't forget to see Matt at uh, at Fort
0: Collins. Yeah, in Denver. Or not Denver, near Denver, in Fort Collins and Boulder. Anyone around that area, don't forget to see me. I'm going to be there this weekend. All right, go check it out. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.